0: Today, um, in our Abundance series, what I want to talk about is what I think might be the most important and fundamental shift in your thinking, perhaps in your lifetime. And the shift that I want to talk about is going from the thinking about lack to the thinking of abundance. And this is a huge and a fundamental shift that at some point I hope we make. But boy, if you, if you don't make it, you're gonna struggle with a lot of things in life. And we all do. But perhaps you'll struggle with your faith, you'll struggle with your finances, you'll struggle with your family, you'll struggle with your friends. Listen, you'll struggle with all of this If you stay in a mentality that is, I'll just call it, I'll just use the word lack. Jesus said, and this is the verse we've been using for this series, I come to give you life and to give it to you in its most abundant form. And I think as you go back and start to reread the teachings uh, of Christ, you start to see this is kind of the central thing that he talked about. Um... And he wanted us to look at life differently than everyone else was looking at it. And if I could say this, maybe the most important thing is that when you wake up in the morning and you take a look at life, you look at life a little bit differently than everyone else. And Jesus says, for instance, you know, Matthew 5, he says, take a a look at the birds of the air. So... The starting place for abundance and understanding is looking out your window, getting outside and seeing the world, seeing the universe. So here's the first instruction. Look at the universe. Just take a peek at it. I got one simple example in my own yard. I have a pear tree. I didn't plant it. It was there before I got there, right? A lot of people would say, the thing's dying. The top half of it, I should get a tree trimmer and go out and trim it. It's, it's gigantic. But it's got more pears on there than any one human being could consume. There's my neighbors there. I take pears over to them when it grows good. I can't consume them all. There's way more. There's just way more. So the only natural thing to do is to what? Share. The deer eat a few, take a few to the neighbors, you know, uh, and this is this is just this little picture. Jesus says, "Look at the birds, right? They're not. They don't have barns, little birdie barns, right? They don't store up and have four hundred one ks, right? They 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 realize that the universe is abundant, and I'm not against saving and all that. This is, but this is bigger. This is." do you realize, do you recognize the nature of the universe? Um, Anybody ever gotten on an airplane and you get up out over the city and all of a sudden you get out over the open spaces and you just look out over the window and you go, oh my word, there is so much. Have you? This is space after space after space after space. And if you were careful, you would buy into the idea. A lot of people are saying there's not enough, right? There's not enough. Be careful. There's not enough out there. But Jesus comes along and tries to give us a completely different mindset. Now, this was the same, I guess, switch that the disciples had a hard time flipping. The apostles, remember, um, over and over again, Jesus would teach and, and by story and by example. And over and over and over again, he would take a little and he would turn it into, what? A lot. A oh, multitude of people to feed. And Jesus says to them, the disciples, uh, you know, give them something to eat. And they say, well, we, we don't have anything. In, in, the, in Matthew's gospel, he writes, we only have five loaves and two fish. And Jesus, you know, he says, bring them to me. What does he do? He multiplies it and when it's over, everyone's eaten, but not only have they eaten, what? There's 12 baskets of leftovers. What does that tell you? Think. That tells you we don't live in a universe of, of lack. This is going to be hard for some of you because you've just, it's just been drilled into you. There's not enough. There's not enough. There's not. And Jesus is trying to get them to see this is absolutely no problem. Later on, you remember when Jesus is telling them a story about the yeast and all of this, and they think he's talking about the food. Uh-oh, we forgot to get the food. Um, so I, I should just take a minute and say thank you for all of you who've been so loving and supportive um, for Vicky and I and we've had such a great time and like the gifts and l- this is the truth we're still finding the gifts so i mean the deepest uh, literally we're still finding them people are just piling them in the car and and uh, you know we didn't expect any honestly we didn't you know and so but not only the gifts but we've had these parties and you know and people keep they have these parties at the church and someone threw it at my house and and every time there's a party there's all these Leftovers, And so everybody wants me to have the leftovers. Do you know where this is going? I bought three refrigerators with all the wedding money. That's what I bought. This. I mean, there are stacks and stacks and stacks. And st- there literally is. And I, I feel bad, you know, throwing it. I'm trying to give it to people. And it's just going through piles and piles and piles of leftovers. And here is what Jesus does. He does this miracle. And then just to sort of What? Just to show the disciples, look at all the leftovers. There's more leftover than what they started with. What is the thing that Jesus is trying to sort of drive? By the way, this goes back to the, to sort of the foundations. When you go back to the story of Abraham in Genesis, Abraham is in a, in a vision. He's, Told by God, go out and look at the stars, and he says to him, "Count them if you can. Count them. Anybody ever tried that? Count them if you can. One of the things that will free you immediately from this idea of lack is to start start laying on your back at night, go up north, and where you can get a great view of the stars, and start counting." By the way, if you're a really good counter, like NASA, you would count 10 billion B galaxies. 10 billion galaxies. Really, truthfully, most of us here, a billion just doesn't compute. We only have three billionaires in the church, so outside of that, not kidding, we may, I don't know. Um, I don't think they've given in the offering yet, if they are. But uh, <laughs> most of us, a billion is a lot to grab. That's just a number that's just hard to get a hold of. Ten billion galaxies. Oh, we're in one. We're, humble us, is it in one of the ten billion galaxies. Ours is called the... Snickers. I mean, the Milky Way galaxy. Your humble pastoral student here. And our Milky Way galaxy, they're guessing. They use weight, they use all these ratios. They don't exactly know. So the estimates range. They range from 100 billion to 250 billion. You can read online, 400. It just starts to get weird billion stars in our galaxy are is anybody if there's if let's go on the low end there's only a hundred billion stars in our galaxy and there's 10 billion galaxies are we operating on a universe of little ready if you lost your job are you going to be okay If you lost a friend, is there another friend out there? If you lost a spouse? If you lost anything, is there something else? I mean, the idea is when you shift to this level of thinking, you start to realize, oh my word, we aren't even really scratching the surface of what's out there. If you can, you move from... Now, anybody here ever been in a playroom with a couple of kids, and there's not a hundred billion toys, but it feels like it? Anybody? Has anybody ever had a, does anybody ever have a room like this? And uh, the kids are playing, and one of the kids grabs the toys, and he's playing with it. Um, my my nephew Carter, man, that kid that kid's got so many toys. I was over there the other day, and... Um, he has toy upon toy upon toy he goes, starts rifling through them and all that now here's a funny thing um, he just recently got a baby sister right life is good if you have all the toys and you, but then when someone takes one of your toys is anybody with me what you would think you would think the mind the mind would go well that's no problem in fact have a couple because I have a billion toys here what, do, what does the mind do what does the toddler do? Anybody anybody seen this video before? Ferociously. Not like, would you mind if I play with that? Ferociously goes after, right? Turns into, right? A rage. I want which toy? I want that toy. By the way, Vicky and I have a dog named Nico and dogs are the same way. Huh? dog can have three toys there to play with and if I go after one all of a sudden Nico is heavily motivated to get that particular toy right and the thinking here is somehow it's lack there's not enough so what do you do well right away you try to get in there and referee and you explain as if explaining works for toddlers but you explain to them. They're like, oh, thanks for explaining. I didn't have that information. <laughs> what you explain to them is, oh, you have, a lot, you have plenty more toys that you can play with, and they only want to play with it for a few minutes, and you'll be fine. And they, they thank you for explaining. No, they don't. What do they do? They whine. They resist. They, right? Because... And and what you try to, you work so hard, what you're trying to do is you're, you're like, can you just get over it? Can you just realize that there's plenty more? Can you, and you're trying to get them to see that this is such a small, and can I use the word petty, insignificant thing in the light of all the things that you have going on in your life? And can you just move on from it? Here's what happens when we grow up, and we're all growing up. Are you with me? Everybody nod, even if you're 97. we're all growing up. Now, this is the thing. We start to realize, I don't need to operate like a toddler when I'm 20. I don't need to operate like a four-year-old when I'm 40. I, I can get to the point in my life where I realize if somebody takes a toy from me, there are plenty more toys. In fact, there are neighbors that would love to dump all their toys in your house. Is it true? How many of just love to get rid of a bunch of old stuff? And so here's the thing. You start to realize it's an abundant world. And if we aren't careful, we get into a mindset where... We start counting everything. We count the people that do us wrong. We count the number of times they do us wrong. We can recount it for you over and over again. If you take us out for a drink, we'll tell you about it over and over and over again. We rehearse and reuse and re-enable the old things. And it's, I'm calculating all the things that people have done against me. Along comes Jesus. And he starts to tell these stories. We call them parables, right? He's telling these stories, and he tells a story about a guy that uh, is owed a debt, right? And he goes after this guy, and he grabs him by the throat, and he's got his hands around his neck, right? But it turns out, what's the earlier part of the story? He's already been, what? Forgiven a much greater debt, what is the message jesus is teaching he says you got to take your hands off of this guy's throat because you've already been forgiven a much larger debt years ago and then there's these then jesus would tie these stories off with sayings like so if you don't forgive my father won't forgive you which should be taken with wooden literalism Like a lot of people take too many things with wooden literalism. That's why there was a lady who called me one time. She was dying. And she I forget. She was mad at me or she thought I was mad at her. I wasn't. But whatever it was, there was something there in her mind. She was dying. And she wasn't going to get let into heaven if whatever she was mad at me about. And so she called me and said, I just want, you know, the Bible says that if I don't forgive you, that God won't forgive me. So which was very edifying for me to know that she didn't really care about me, but she wanted to make sure she got into heaven. I mean, there was never like, uh, you know, you're the greatest and I'm just... Do you think this is where God's trying to take us, by the way? I, I don't. I think what he was saying is it's like there's enough to go around. There are enough toys for everybody. There's enough grace to go around. And if you get into the counting game, well, you gave me this and I took away two and... By the way, did anybody ever grow up with counting religion? Where you had to count the number of your sins and then go tell somebody and they had to count the number of prayers or things or steps or whatever. Does anybody grow up with that? It's brutal. Is it brutal? Like, so like God's counting the last prayer and he's like, no, nah, you only got six. <laughs> I mean, if you would have just got the seventh prayer in. You know, but it it all it's all based on let's count. Now counting is something that's very good. How many here? uh, Maybe if you're at the stage where you're raising teenagers, you're trying to teach them. It's really important to count your money. It's really important to pay attention. Like you're trying to teach them how to budget, and you know when you go out on your own, which we hope is very soon, um, you're going to have to count. You know what I mean money 's not going to just fall you have to, you have to count you 're going to take money out of a wallet or something and you have to balance a check all these things these are very, I mean, these are very important life skills right and they help us in a massive way and you 're trying to urge your 29 year old to learn how to count right? and you 're right and when they learn it 's good it 's really 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 good because then they can do things in life and they can advance in life, and all that 's very, very important. And then you have to learn how to not count. You have to learn how to not count. And it'd be very easy for me to pull up little little running tabs I have in the back of my head from people, huh? over the years. And somehow we like to store them away. This person did this and this. Per- right? Anybody? I can tell you the last renter that left my house to the penny what they owe me. When they bought... Th- well, I'll vent for them a little bit and then I'll back off. But when they bought nicer appliances than I've ever owned in my life, right? And then declared bankruptcy so they bought themselves nice things but refused to pay the rent. Anybody with me? Does, it, does, it, does your blood go a little bit, right? No, you're more spiritual than I. Well, you get a little like... <laughs> That's a little weird. you got nicer things than I do, and you don't pay your rent. So what I want to do, I want to count. You owe me this. You owe me this. Then you get a letter that says, don't ever contact this person again. State steps in, and the government steps in. You're out. They declared bankruptcy. Ooh, I want to count. Anybody with me? We're a counting society. A lot of us grew up on counting Religions. But listen, listen, it's okay. It's okay. There's more toys. How do, how do you get out of that funk? You can go over it and over it. I, I rehearsed a little bit for effect, but trust me, I don't think I, I, don't think I dwell on it every day. But listen, listen, you can think about that, or you can just go, there's so many more toys. There's so many more toys to play with. There's toys I haven't even seen yet did anybody ever see this name a star after you please don't tell me you spent money on that please but I won't look But <laughs> I mean you know what I mean if there's if there's a hundred billion in our galaxy and then there's ten billion galaxies it ain't that special I hate to break it to you be like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna start selling grains of sand with your dedicated to you on Lake Michigan right if you did that, I'm starting a website, right? I'm, getting, I'm going to make some money. It's not that special. There's a lot more. Someone stole your planet. Just go get another one. Huh? Someone jones your... Do you know what I mean? Right now, they're thinking, they're thinking that these estimates... Because they keep changing, right? These estimates, they just, can't, they just can't figure out how big it all is. They can't figure it out. But some people say there might be three galaxies for every human being alive. Can we stop fighting over the little toy? I think, if I can just boil down Jesus, I think that's what he was saying. He's like, in my father's house, there's many rooms, mansions, whatever translation you want. There's plenty of, there's plenty. What he was saying was, what you tell your kids is, don't get so worked up over this toy thing. Modern day writers wrote a book called Don't Sweat the... And now what we're realizing is what Jesus is trying to teach us is, it's almost all what? Small stuff. Ready? Listen. The more mature you get, the more things become small. When you're 12, it's different than when you're 2. When you're 20, it's different than when you're 12. And if you keep growing and you keep maturing, you just realize that... Now, look back at your life. Not when you're a toddler, because that's obvious, but look back, if you're older, look back when you're a teenager and go, oh my word, did I get worked up over some stuff when I was a teenager, right? If you're a teenager, you're like, what? I'm kind of mad right now. I don't know why I'm here. My mom brought me here. And if you have advanced to midlife, you look back at the, when you were 20, 30 years old, and you go, man, man, did I get worked up over some stuff that, look, if you lost this, there's another one. If this is gone, maybe it was good. Maybe, maybe it had its season. Maybe that season's ended. Maybe that job ended, that relationship ended. Maybe, maybe that's good. But there's more. There is so much more. Is anybody, does anybody travel like me? Like when I travel, I don't know what's wrong with me. I mean, I have problems. But as soon as I travel, I get somewhere to a hotel or whatever. I need to go see what else is there. Does anybody do what I do? Like I just traveled like 1,500 miles to get to this destination. And there it is. And there's the thing. And as soon as I get there, I look at it. And I go, no, I got to go walk around and see what else is here. Does anybody travel like me? I want to know if something else is cool down the street. I want to know if something else is cool up the road. I need to know. I, I got to know. I got to keep going. And I have this little anxiety about like, I, I want to see it. If it's there, I need to see it. Guess what? You're not going to see it all. There's too much. Think about it. Some of you have traveled around Michigan. Most of you haven't even seen most of one state in the United States of America. People come back with their pictures and they go, where's that? That's in Michigan. What? Never been there. I need to go. We're talking about galaxies, galaxies, friends. What is the universe screaming to you that Jesus is saying, look out your window? He's like, I got more. I got so much more. But with a mentality of lack, two things happen. This is important. You live in fear. You're always afraid. There's not going to be something around the corner. There's not going to be something good. There's not going to be enough money. There's not, he's not going to love me. This is not going to work out. And it always, there's always not enough. And when people operate that, as we were saying earlier in the series, when we live in fear, we are our worst self. When we live in fear, we are our worst self. And living in lack causes us to live in fear. But when we live in faith, we have this idea that I don't know where it comes from. right? How many of you, like, your kids operate in faith like, when it comes to the family money tree? Like, I don't know where it comes from, but it just keeps coming. It just, right? right? They just have this, this sense that it will just keep coming. But don't you think our Heavenly Father wanted us to understand, not to waste or to be selfish or to do rude things with, but just to know, I got so much. It's okay. If you live in lack, you, you live in fear. The other thing that you do is you're not generous with others. Generosity comes in a lot of forms. I think right away people think of money. That's certainly one way to be generous or non-generous. How can I say it? A lot of Christians live like George Costanza. huh? And if you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. You just missed. You missed this part of the message, and I can't help you. But if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? This is tired. The calculating is tiring. And how many sins? And how many sins has this person done? And how many have I done against God? And how many has he forgiven? And oh, my God. Are we done with the counting? Go, what Jesus was saying is like, let's just stop the whole counting thing altogether. And I'll institute something called grace. Some of you, you like, you don't like it. You're like, yeah, but, you know, can't do that. Because people they kind of abuse it, right? They do, and so did you. Well, not that much. Yeah, you did. I did. Anybody abuse your parents' grace? I'll put both of mine up. I abused my parents' grace. I abused my grandma's grace. I abused. Right? How many took it way farther than you should have? I'm. I'm going to wait for this hand to go up, sir. I mean, it's like. We all do. So we're we're in this funny thing and then like at certain points we want to go back to counting. But we realize the whole universe, ready, the whole universe, the whole system is grace, is abundance, is extra. Ready? I'm still eating leftovers. Everybody come over today for leftovers. I can't eat anymore. How could there be that much left over? What God is saying is, don't worry about that. Be generous. Be generous. Be gracious with your time. Be gracious with your words. Be free with your forgiveness, because I was free with you. And it just it keeps everything in circulation. You don't need to count? You don't need to calculate. You need to participate. Ah, there's the word. Freely you receive, freely then you what? Some people like to opt out and stand there and count. No, I'm pretty sure. I, no, I didn't ask for that. I didn't. No, I didn't. Could you begin to count your own need of grace? I couldn't. I wouldn't want to. Counting is missing the point. Jesus, with the disciples, he ends up, you know, they, they, they weren't getting it, by the way. It's amazing that we put like halos on them and all that, but uh, they weren't getting it. But they're like us slow, right? But if you hang in there and you, you keep watching the way Jesus does all of his things, his stories, his miracles, it's all about multiplying. There's always extra. He's always taking a little and making it into a lot. And so here's what I want to do as an exercise to close today. It's, we're going to have uh, communion, celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Again, this was an area many of you grew up, and somebody was counting, right? You can't be here because we're counting. We're not counting. I don't know how much is there. Hopefully there's enough. It's not just breaking half and share. Ready? It's either like, don't worry about it, no one's worthy, or don't worry about it, everyone's worthy. But no one's counting. God will sort it all out in the end. What you and I need to do is participate. Freely you receive, freely you give. And ready? Jesus says this, therefore don't worry. Let's say it together, one, two, three. Therefore don't worry. What are you worried about? Tomorrow. Something that hasn't happened, something you've made up in your head, some, right? Did Something to do with tomorrow. Don't worry about it. I have more toys. I'm paraphrasing Jesus. In my Father's toy box are many toys. Don't worry about it.